0: Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, hallelujah, blessings, for another Shabbat, another Shabbat. Let's turn um, this week again, we are in Ezekiel, in scroll 5 and part 2. Last week, you may remember, we camped out in Ezekiel, Yehezkel, chapter 28. And we were looking at the heavenly realm, we were looking at um, some of the intimate details of the throne room and i want to go back there today because for the next week or so i really really want to delve in because we live in a fallen world we want to know the root of that action and also for us to have clarity of vision That our war is not against flesh and blood, but principalities. And by understanding the throne room of Ezekiel 28, we're going to be able to get clarity and direction in our life. So, Ezekiel 28, again, which is the fifth scroll and vision of the prophet Ezekiel. I mean, have you ever had your mind affected by darkness we all have we all have have you ever had your vision darkened we all have we all have so today we're gonna look at this difference and distinction between darkness and light because even our thoughts and our vision about a person an individual maybe we once thought of somebody brightly but maybe now we think of them in a darkened light. What happened? Something changed our mind or our view of something or someone. How did that happen? Who is Satan? In the Hebrew, Chelel, Chelel. it's spelt, his name is spelt, Hey, Yod, Lamed, Lamed. We refer to him now today as Satan or Hasatan. Or how I would say, Satan. But all kinds of different words. The most common in the King James, of course, is Satan or Lucifer. But his Hebrew name, before he had a title, is Chelel. Hey, Yod, Lamed, Lamed. So today... We're going to dive deeper into a practical application using the spiritual reality revealed to us through the prophet Ezekiel. Because I have stood by way too many times and seen way too many people give up ground and territory to Halel in their walk. Most don't even recognize that they're giving up territory because the cares of the world have masked the spiritual root. Because the greatest lie that Satan could tell the world is what? He doesn't exist. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Oh, you're one of those Bible believers. Satan doesn't exist Sin doesn't exist. There's no... You believe in sin? Oh, you're archaic. You believe... Oh, you're judging me. You start to talk about sin and Satan and people switch off because the biggest lie is that Satan has convinced the world... That he doesn't exist. And the spiritual root. Of most people's problems. Is they have given. Territory. In their spiritual life. To Helel. And they don't even understand it because they think it's a personal problem or a problem with a man or a problem with an individual or a problem with a political party or a problem. It's not. It's a spiritual root. You've given ground and we are going to take back the ground today as we go through this because the biggest problem Of that spiritual root of deception is people have bought into a belief system that isn't true. In fact, they have brought along with them a belief system from the institutional church where people truly believe, and they believe this, that Satan is an adversary of Yahuwah. People believe that Satan is an adversary of Yahuwah, which is nonsense. And we've drug that in from the church. And that is the spiritual root of how people give up territory in their life because they have bought into a belief system that is rooted in idolatry. I What did Satan say? He wanted to ascend into the heavens and take the very position. But you've already just given him that position. You've already given him that territory by believing in a corrupt worldview when it comes to this spiritual reality. People truly think that Satan opposes Yahuwah, that Satan is an adversary. To Yahuwah, that Satan can oppose Yahuwah and even have a fighting chance? Really? If you think that way, then today is the day for you to be delivered and get some territory back in your lives. Because if you think that way, then you have, maybe without knowledge, you're innocent. Maybe without knowledge, you've given territory to Satan in your mind, in your life, in your belief system. And now you're suffering from its effects because Satan does not oppose. He is not an adversary to Yahuwah. He is an adversary to you. He is an adversary to man. He is an adversary to man. And if you give him the territory. And let him capture your thinking. Then you have been bewitched. And there lies the spiritual root of most people's problems. Don't place Satan, Chelel, on an equal status with Yahuwah. Heaven forbid. He cannot oppose Yahuwah. He is not an adversary to Yahuwah. He doesn't have a fighting chance because he has been defeated. But he does oppose man. He is your adversary and you need to understand that he comes Through your mind and your stinking thinking. That's how you give up the territory. Don't place Halel on an equal status with Yahuwah. Because that is what he wanted in the first place, isn't it? That's what he wanted from the beginning. Stinking thinking brings with it a loss. It brings with it a grief. And it brings with it hounding thoughts of depression and hopelessness. And too many have succumbed from it. Your thinking mind is what? When you think with your mind, what is that? The Bible tells us that your mind is your soul. Your whole person. Your nefesh in the Hebrew that your mind is your ruach your spirit and your spirit is supposed to be master over your soul your nefesh which is supposed to be master over your flesh one enlightens And one darkens. Your thoughts can bring you into enlightenment. Or they can bring you into captivity. Bondage and destruction. Either way. Enlightenment. Or a darkening of vision. Satan wants your mind. To be darkened. He wants your mind to be darkened. Why? Because. Halel. Son of the morning. Halal in fact means shining one he wants to steal your mind from enlightened thinking and deflect it into a darkened realm of thinking it's that simple it's that simple how does he do it magnification Making something small and magnifying it. Making your problems bigger than they really, really are. Making a situation, magnifying it. Then imagery. Imagery. We live in in a society full of imagery, don't we? Imagery, light, or a darkening of it. That's all imagery is. Light and darkness. We call it dark light. Dark light. You see, Halel knows that dark light was created by Yahweh. In fact, Yahweh created evil. He created everything. There is nothing that didn't come from Yahweh. But Yahweh created dark light, and it has a specific purpose. And Halel knows this purpose. What was the purpose of dark light? So that Yahweh could tabernacle with you and me that's the purpose of dark light Yahweh wants to take captive the darkest recesses of your ruach spirit nefesh soul personage and your flesh and they be beholden to him Through your service. So he created dark light as a purpose of bringing you into, we spoke about that Hebrew word last week, mesuka, into the tabernacle of Yahuwah. In fact, Job speaks about this dark light and how it is in the tabernacle of Yahuwah, and that is from where Satan fell. Ezekiel 28 Job 18 verse 6 the light shall be dark in his tabernacle and his candle should be put out with him Satan knows that dark light was created by Yahuwah so Yahuwah could tabernacle with you he could tabernacle with you his creation meaning this listen the method of being close to Yahweh is simply this subjecting your darkest self to Yahuwah's light, hence dark light. My most wicked thoughts need to be subjected to Yahweh's light. Therefore I have dark light and I can tabernacle in with Yahweh. Meaning. Everything that comes at me, whether it is good or evil, I have a choice whether to react to that with evil or take that, which is negative, and then turn it into dark light. It'll hit me, the darkest recesses of me, and then... I can use it to tabernacle with Yahuwah and it becomes dark light. That's the purpose. Most people don't miss, they miss this because they're up in your flesh. Because it's all about offense and it's all, and no, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. The tests come so that we can prevail and that we can then draw closer With Yahuwah in tabernacle. And at that point. We have an elevation in status. With Yahuwah. We get a promotion. But if you don't respond right. You'll get a demotion. Because you didn't take the message. And understand that this is a spiritual reality. But Satan wants to deflect it. And have you looking at the imagery, the earth, and that which manifests before you. You are just darkness and light that's coming into my eyes. It's imagery. I look before and through you, and I see that there's a spiritual thing going on. This is how we're to act. We need to stay close to the mind of Yahweh, not the mind of man. We need to stay close to the mind of Yahuwah so we never get sidelined. You'll never get sidelined if you stay close to the mind of Yahuwah because He is the source of our tabernacle. He's the key to our success as believers. I could never have come out of the darkness that I have been in in my life if I kept Focusing on the mind of man. The reason I'm teaching the Bible the way I do. Is because I have never focused on the mind of man for longer than a week. And then go, no. I need to get into the mind of Yahuwah. Because that's where I'm going to go to the next station in my life. We all must put this into practice in these last days. Now, I can sum, sum this up quite quickly. Using the Torot of first, second, and third mention. Really? Yeah, I can literally sum this up. Using the Torot of first, second, and third mention of your thinking and your mind. Let's use that because there's nothing better than using the Torot of first mention. (laughs) Yet we get to use second and third today. Genesis 23 verse 8. Remember, we got to get rid of the stinking thinking. And he communed with them saying, If it be your mind that I should bury my dead out of my sight. Hear me and entreat for me to Ephron, the son of Zohar. You remember this. This is back, of course, in Genesis. And we have the burial grounds here. And we find the Hebrew word for mind, Torah, of first mention, is in fact, nefesh. The soul man. You're thinking... Is part of your soul, the makeup of your intellect and your being. Torah of first mention, Torah of second mention, Genesis, Bereshit, chapter 26, verse 35, which were grief of mind unto Isaac and to Rebekah. There was a grief of mind. Unto Isaac and Rebekah. But it's not the Hebrew word nefesh here. So your mind is not only. Your thinking is not only connected to your soul. It's connected here to your ruach. Your spirit. That tells you. That your thinking can elevate you. To the spiritual man. Or it can bring you into captivity to the things of the world, your soul. Depending on the Torah of third mention, Leviticus chapter 24 verse 12. And they put him inward, the mind of Yahuwah might be showed to them. Leviticus 24 12. The Hebrew word here is... Is not nefesh it's not your soul the Hebrew word here is not ruach it's not your spirit the mind of Yahuwah which we are to connect to if we connect to it it will bring us to the spiritual realm but if we don't connect to it it's going to bring us into the carnal solely cares of the world realm and it's all connected to what I'm not making this stuff up because people online are going, oh, he's making this stuff up. No. Torah of first, second, and third mention. We find the Hebrew word here for mind is the Hebrew word pay. What does pay mean? Mouth. Out of your mouth. It's literally a pay hay in the Hebrew. It's from the mouth. It affects your speech. Your thinking and your speech will either cause you to descend or it will cause you to ascend. It's all connected to whether you have the mind of Yahuwah or as we say in the New Testament, the mind of Christ, right? The mind of Moshiach. Renew your mind daily. But people aren't doing this. And therefore, they are giving huge ground to Halel in their life. They're depressed. They're despondent. They're grieving. And they're sad. Why? You had a test. But instead of ascending, you chose to descend. But James chapter 1, verse 2 Tells us there's another way. There's another way. There's a better way for us. Right here in Leviticus 24, 12. We are admonished to live because it affects our very soul. It affects our very Ruach spirit. And the mouth of your speech affects your thinking. Stinking thinking again. Stinking thinking. The memory of the righteous is continually blessed. I have funny stories, not really that funny, but I ran into a guy several months back in the pizza parlor. Used to be a Torah teacher, has now denied Yahuwah and is a Buddhist. I was eating pizza with my kids, kosher vegetarian, of course, and he came up to me and... um, Started sharing with me about his life. I was like, how do you get from being a Torah teacher to a Buddhist? I'm like, that's shocking to me. You should know better. Well, if you ever want to talk about it sometime, you can call me up. I'm like, well... All I can tell you is that I studied Buddhism when I was in my 20s and I came to the conclusion, tell me if I'm wrong, that Buddha actually abandoned his wife and kids and that he went to seek Nirvana and he's dead and buried in the ground and that he can't help you. That was the conclusion that I drew. Now, We've experienced Yahushua, and last time I checked, he is alive, sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding, and I can feel his presence right now. And He's like, well, you know what? You remember the time that you and I almost got into a fisty cuffs out front of Torah to the tribes? I was like, and I so offended you, and I was like, no, I don't. We did? He's like, yes, yes. I was like, we did? All that to say this. I can't remember half the stuff that is negative that's happened. Because I continually make a choice to renew my mind and walk in righteousness. That doesn't mean that you're absent-minded. But you cannot hold a grudge. And when you forgive people, because we're all been hurt, we've all been hurt. When you forgive people, the curse that takes flight, it has nowhere to land, and you're free. And the memory of the righteous is blessed. And it frees up a bunch of space for you to now have a promotion. Because a cluttered mind full of unforgiveness, woundedness, and hurt cannot accomplish the things of Yahweh. It's that simple. It's that simple. But everything has a spiritual root. But this is time for people to get a promotion, not a demotion. Look at your lives. Because every test that comes should be an opportunity for you to get a spiritual promotion. A promotion. Set your mind on things above, not on soulish things, not on soulish things, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue, if there is any praiseworthy, think on these things. Philippians 4, eight. Most of the thinking and chat that people do, that they get caught up in, fails this test. Yet they continue to do it. Why? Because they're so... Their feelings and their emotions have been affected more than their spirit man has been affected. When bad things happen to good people, because you're good people if you're in Messiah. When bad things happen to good people, you have to move out of the soul and into the Ruach for. An elevated status. Now people may misunderstand that and think you don't care. No, it's that you don't care about the soulish realms, emotions being tended to constantly. You have to take the time and press in to the spiritual man set your mind on things above Leviticus 24 12 and your speech is truly truly the key point not only what you hear but what you put out there yourself so as for me in my house we don't talk about people We know, because I'm a public figure, a lot of people like to chat chat about me. But we don't do that unless we are Panaim, Panaim, face to face. Because we have to finish the good task that we were appointed to many, many years ago. And that's how we've been able to do it through all of these years. So... I come from the school of hard knocks, and that has enabled me, and Yahweh has used that to equip me to help others because we're all in the same boat. We all get her at times but it is overcoming and using that test now to get an elevated status in Yahweh. that's not to elevate yourself above others no heaven forbid it's so that you can do the good work in the life that you have been stewarded what did you say before we started brother you said being in the measure what did you say being in the measure that has been allotted and appointed to you in order to get it pressed down shaken and bring forth the abundance that was designated for you in your life so yes think of philippians 4 verse 8 but conversely the problem is most people are thinking on the converse of Philippians 4 8. They're too busy getting caught up in what is untrue, what is unknowable, unjust, impure. It's plain ugly a lot of the time. It's a bad report. I don't want to listen to bad reports. Why would I want to listen to bad reports? Oftentimes it's unethical, it's immoral, and it's always done in a secret place. It always is it always is hey come on round my house and well i would never do that and let's talk about everybody that's not here How insane you've just given yourself a demotion spiritually it's going to affect the you you'd leave from those places and you'd be like oh i feel terrible what we have a practice in our house if my wife and i do talk we will always pray for the people, we talk about my mother-in-law often. Love her to bits. But if we talk about my mother-in-law, we'll pray for my mother-in-law. If we talk about my mom in England, we'll pray for my mum. We'll talk about my sister. We've been talking about my sister quite a lot recently. Because she hurt me. Really did. So therefore, I don't want to descend I want to ascend. So when we talk, we pray. And therefore, we get the promotion. And I get to be able to give you the revelation from that time of seeking. Whereas I could be sitting here all deflating. And say, I've got nothing to share this week. Because I'm angry, pissed off, and upset with everybody. But I'm not. Oh, I said that. I shouldn't have. Sorry. The wife's all going like this. But you know what I'm saying, right? I'm being real with you. So we can now see that conversely... Darkness can also come from what? From the same mouth. Pay! Pay can ascend or pay can descend. Pay can connect you with Yahweh and bring you into the tabernacle of his fellowship because that's where dark light exists. His light hits my darkness and then I choose in the darkest recesses of my, of my body where I want to get angry. I want to fight. I want to, I want to gossip. I want to be malicious. I want to get on my Facebook. I want to, but I'm not going to do that. Because I choose to do what? Turn it around and get into the tabernacle of Yahuwah. So then I get the promotion. You get the promotion. And together we are going onward in these last days. For great. Because I want to be in the tabernacle of Yahweh, And I want to be with you. But as I travel. My wife on the way to congregation today. She's like, do you know how many people we have seen? revolving door becoming a buddhist the guy that lived a few door our neighbor love your neighbor our neighbor what did he, what did he where did he go he's denying. he's denying messiah two winters ago he's helping pull our car out of the ice how does this literally i see it watch this thing here but we have got to persevere brethren so conversely darkness comes by pay causing it to descend that's why i remain silent before my accusers and i know people like oh i can't reach matthew no, that's deliberate I remain silent before my accusers because I learned that from the master. Because if I'm going to be able to continue to turn this dark situation into light and fulfill the father's. Desire in my life, I've got to remain silent before my accusers. Yahusha was in the same position. Darkness came in and he chose to turn that darkness into dark light and he ascended. But he did that because he understood it's through the pay. You've got to remain silent. No matter what they accuse you of. If you're going to... Finish the good work that the Father has for you in your life. I don't need to defend myself. I don't need you to defend me either. I mean, I love you, brother, but I don't. Because we want to finish well, right? That's what we learn from the Messiah. I mean, I can't personally, I can't listen to the stuff that people say about others. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to know. No, because I, I don't want my thinking corrupted about that person. I don't want to know. It, you may think it's true. I don't know it's true. Okay? Because for me, my definition of truth is a lot different than most people. It means the person's face is before me and I've got two witnesses. And that doesn't happen nowadays. People don't live that way. But I do. That's how I live. Because I made that decision over 25 years ago. Because when you came from the background I came from, then you understood that. You see, we're all a product of where we have gone and where we have lived. But if we choose to press into the dark light, we can turn those bad situations into glorious ones. This is what I want for you. Because, brethren, I've come through a test. And I, I believe and I say to my wife, we have got to do well with this. Because this is going to help Thousands and thousands of people. Because a lot of people, most of us, we've been hurt. The world hurts us, does it not? Especially as believers. We are judged. We are hated without a cause. Especially when you start talking about the Messiah, resurrection, righteousness, and sin. Let alone political views. And it does hurt. It does hurt. I spoke to a friend of mine just a few days ago. And he, was, he told a story once, and he told it again the other night, just briefly, of how he sat down for lunch with a friend of his that he would known since his childhood. And the guy literally paid the bill and said he never wanted to see him again. Just because the other guy voted for Trump. And believes that we should be following the moral code that is written in the Bible. Even those hard passages in Leviticus 20 about what is wrong, what is sick, and what is perverted. That yes, you know, there is a separation of what is unclean and what is clean. And lost of friendship. This happens all the time. And a lot of people are hurt. Why wouldn't you be? But what are you going to do with that? Is It's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. Preservation comes from what? So a lot of the problems that are happening is that I think people are wading into a situation without taking pause. So often people will ask me questions and I won't actually say anything. It's better to be quiet, because out of the multitude and abundance of words is a full known. Preservation, if you ever want to preserve a relationship, take this from me. If you ever want to preserve a relationship with somebody, just know preservation comes. The Bible teaches us this. Panaim, el Panaim. Preservation will always come from face to face. You can have a situation that has gone absolutely sideways on you, believe me, sideways. But if you do what you should do, and you Panaim and Panaim, you go face to face with somebody, you can turn that around and you can preserve the relationship. But it takes Gevurah, and there's the problem: courage. Very lacking in today's society. It takes courage. The hard conversations are the conversations that must be had. If you avoid the hard conversations, eventually, you're going to get a demotion. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Destruction and evil comes from behind your back. So preservation comes from face to face genesis 32 verse 20 and destruction always comes from behind your back first 1 kings 149 so, in a day and age where we get our devices out and our faces lit up by light and sound, magnification and imagery, we should make every effort not to engage in the latter, but always to engage in the former, shouldn't we? We really should, but it does take effort because it's a lot easier to do this, isn't it? It is, isn't it? It's a lot easier to do this than to sit down and do this with a cup of coffee face-to-face, right? Preservation or behind the back. You choose. I choose, but you have to choose, okay? Um, Genesis 32.20 is preservation. Comes from face-to-face. face First Kings 14.9, destruction comes and evil comes always from behind the back. It's not done in front of you. Now, we're going back to Halel, or Satan. Satan means adversary. And there are many times that Satan is used in the scripture. And it's not always talking about this fallen entity. It's speaking of an adversary in general. Somebody who stands in the way. It doesn't always mean a personage called Satan. The nature and character of Satan can be found throughout the pages of scripture. But the first mention of Satan is found in first Kings chapter 11 verse 14. You'll see it again in the 23rd verse and again in the 25th verse. And it simply means an adversary, an adversary. The second time the word Satan is used, it means a traitor. And it's used in 1 Samuel chapter 29, verse 4. Now, thirdly, the word Satan is used as an accuser. You find that throughout the Psalms, particularly Psalm 109, verse 6. You'll see that Satan is used as an opponent. An opponent in 2 Samuel 19, verse 22. And you'll see in Numbers... Chapter twenty-two, verse thirty-two: that Satan is an antagonist, an antagonist. Look at all these character traits: an adversary, an antagonist, someone that stands in the way, an accuser. Now, I don't want to upset my wife, but Halel, Halel, according to the lexicon Lotharus Libris, page two thirty-five. Definite quote here, okay, I'm not making this stuff up. Halal or halal. Now halal, if you turn over some of your food items, you'll notice that you'll find the Islamic moon there. And it's dedicated to what? Halal, the moon god Sin, which is the pre-Islamic name of the adversary. Halal. Is a food type. You don't want to buy that, okay? Because you're actually eating something that has been sacrificed to a goat demon. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians. So no, I don't do product that has been sacrificed to um, halal. I won't do halal meat or dairy or cheese or any of that. No way. And sometimes what's insane is these Ashkenazis have gone to bed with the Muslims. Halal. You'll even find kosher halal. What's up with that? That's insane. That's because these rabbis have gone to bed. with It's a cult. It's Kabbalah. It's mysticism. They've gone over to the dark side. And that's where the moon god Sin dwells. Halal himself. Darkness manifesting himself as full spirituality. But... Where I was, was I was talking to you about the lexicon, Lotharius, Libris, page 235. Well, Halal, the root for the word Halal, Strong's number, Hebrews 1984, means a beautiful woman, a wife. Now, the textual implications of this (laughs) are going to get me into trouble. Chelel or halal, the root of the Hebrew word chelel means a beautiful woman, a wife is praised by her husband, a woman whose works praise her. And in fact, the Winstons, excuse me, the Wilsons. Old Testament word study on page 506. Halel means to be given in marriage and to be worthy and praised. So if you call your wife Halel, Satan, then that's your problem. I do not advise it. Okay, but textually, what do I mean? Because some women are going to get very upset with me about this. Because. Because. The wife is looking at me with some... like, are you going to... I'm waiting. Because a wife's true role is to be a spiritual... Listen is to be a spiritual force the husband responds to. A wife's true role is to be the spiritual force that a husband responds to. She can oppose him, thereby strengthening their Ehad union. The way that you build muscle is by doing what? Lifting weights. You have an opposing force that causes strengthening to your body. Spiritually, a wife is to be there. She's a brace that is therefore going to strengthen your echad union. Because it's no longer me and my wife. It is that Yahweh has put us together in echad union. That I don't often like it. But when it happens, it happens that my wife opposes me then we go to prayer together and always doesn't he honey Always, always always say that again always he brings us into one accord in all decisions and if there has ever been a time when we were not in one accord and there was when I was hyper messianic and involved with the rabbis down in Florida. And they were teaching on plural marriage and all of that. My wife opposed me. Of course she would. But, but Yahweh delivered me through a good and righteous and honorable wife. Standing up. And then when I accepted that. Yahweh gave me a promotion and he brought to me the Malkit revelation. And I shared that to my wife and I remember it still. She was doing dishes, not that that's the place of a woman or anything. That's not what I'm saying, okay, in the kitchen. And I shared the Malkit message to her and she just broke with light. And it was an instant Echad union. And we said, I got to teach this. She's like, you've got to teach this. This has been a long time coming. You see, so yes, your wife is supposed to be an adversary spiritually to bring the Echad Union together, together, together so that you both can get a promotion. A pushover wife means the woman is not doing her job. But it could also mean that the man is a tyrant. And there are many out there. Tyrants, absolute tyrants. My wife, don't now don't take this all like okay and, and bring it up against me like tomorrow or something. When we I have to do yard work or something, right? Are you get up No, she would never do that. But the wife is supposed to oppose you, therefore strengthen your Echad union bond. A sounding board, a reflection, one who then bounces back more light, right? More light. So, again, the textual implication of this is that Satan was a consort of Yahuwah in the distant past. That's the textual implication. Be that as it may, before he fell. Now, a mistranslation would be the word Lucifer. It's a mistranslation because it comes from the Latin, right? Lucifer, light bearer. That's a mistranslation because of its Latin origin. Satan and Lucifer actually hide the personage of Halel. We have to understand who we're fighting against. Because Satan is not an adversary of Yahuwah. That's idolatry. You've just given him an ascension to which he wanted in the beginning. He's an adversary of you. And me, mankind. Son of the morning is his title in the Hebrew. Ben Shecha means son or in the plural, Benai, children. Now, in the analytical Hebrew lexicon on page 95 by Benjamin Davidson, the Hebrew word Ben Shecha means listen to this, there's implications here, means a pupil or a student. So Ben Shekhar not only was a consul in the distant past, but he was a pupil and a student. Of what? Of light. Of light. Because Shekhar means light in the Hebrew. But it can also mean by the law and the testimony, by the Torah and the testimony, or by sense and reasoning. Halel which can mean a beautiful woman. I mean, this is you've got, you're going to have to dig into this after the teaching tonight for you to really wrap your head around this because it's not a one-off. You, you've got to go in there yourself and dig this stuff out. I know you will for sure. But Halel, which can mean a beautiful woman or a wife that needs to be praised or worthy to be praised, was in fact a pupil or a student of the book of the covenant torah of the book of the covenant torah because according to psalm 119 we are told that yahweh's torah the torah of yahweh is in fact light It is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Halel is called the son of light or a pupil of light. And the light is the Torah. The Torah is the only true light. Halel, son of the morning, son of light, pupil of light, was originally a student of the Torah. Her assignment was to teach the other angels the book of the covenant Torah. The book of the covenant Torah is the blueprint of the whole universe and for the kingdom of Yahuwah. The wife's breastplate. Halel's breastplate. Satan, if you look at Halel or Satan's breastplate, what's it missing? It's missing three stones. These are the precious stones which were in fact needed in order to become Yahuwah Shammah. Now Yahuwah Shema actually means Yahweh is there. Where? In the dark light, in the very tabernacle. See, Satan's job, Halel's job, was to go into the tabernacle... Reflect the tifereth, of glo- the tiphereth, the glory of Yahuwah, onto her breastplate, and then go out and magnify the glory of Yahuwah onto all of Yahuwah's heavenly malachim, as the Moshiach Heruv Mesucha, the Messiah, King of Heaven, who would bring. All of the angels into the tabernacle of Yahuwah for the dark light and ascension. But, Chelel wanted to be there. He wanted the title, Yahuwah Shema, Yahuwah is there. Where? In the very midst of the tabernacle, because Halel didn't want to reflect the glory of Yahuwah. He wanted to be there. Manifesting the glory of Yahuwah. And there was the fall. Is this just wild stuff? It is to me. Amazing. So strictly speaking, though, Yahuwah Shammah is a name of a city rather than the title for Yahuwah. We know that. But it's so clearly associated with Yahuwah's presence and his glory as Tifereth that it's also seen as a name or an attribute of Yahuwah. In fact, the title for Yahuwah is found in the very um, last verse of the book of Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 48, verse 35. But we know that's actually not the end of the scrolls of Ezekiel. It's actually in the 11th scroll of Ezekiel, which comes to us from Ezekiel 48, verse 35. The title and attribute of Yahuwah. Yahuwah Shema. He is there. Where? Where? He is there in the tabernacle, in the dark light. And you can be there too if you choose to pay. But how you pay, pay hey, can cause you to descend or ascend. To be out of fellowship or come into fellowship. It's amazing stuff. So, the nine stones in Satan's breastplate have all become corrupted from the righteous attributes that the saints are supposed to radiate. We're supposed to radiate. How many of you radiate? I'm not talking B.O., I'm talking radiate his glory. In his first estate, Chelel, Satan was the anointed cherub on the mountain of Elohim, Ezekiel 28:14. Satan was originally perfect, verse 12, and he was given a throne over the whole earth. We know this because Isaiah, Yeshayahu, Isaiah 14 verse 13 tells us not that he established a throne, listen, for himself, but he tried to elevate the throne that he already had. Yahweh had no problem him having the throne. That wasn't the issue. The issue was he tried to elevate the throne that he already had. Ezekiel then tells us that the earth's resources were then given over to Helel. Ezekiel 28 verse 13. In the last days, Satan will turn his throne over to who? The Moshiach Naged. The anti-Messiah. Revelation 13.2. John 12. Verse 31. If Yahweh dwells in the tabernacle in Zion, then what is Moshiach Nageg going to do? Anti-Messiah. It's going to be a false Zion. Is it possible that Zionism is the political entity that is building the false Zion. Is that so? Is that possible? I believe it is. We've done many teachings of that. You see, when Hasatan or Satan offered Messiah all the kingdoms of the earth at the temptation, it's because he actually possesses all the kingdoms of the earth. So if Satan possesses all the kingdoms of the earth and he wants to put forth that worldview and that agenda, could we say then safely that Satan invented globalism? That's all the kingdoms of the earth coming together, right? That then can be offered up on a throne. Don't you see that this is all being Fermented right now in the generation that I get to commentate on the Bible on. That's pretty amazing. For such a time as this, the final war. Why do you have arguments amongst yourselves? Because your own sinful desires. But also because there's a spiritual reality and root behind all of our problems. Because we need to get trained up. We need to overcome and be victorious. Because I want to be a son of thunder. A son of thunder. I don't want to be a son of the earth. Sons of thunder. The sons of thunder are going to be... Fighting against the sons of the earth, and more and more people are leaving righteousness and going into the earthly, worldly realm. Dealing with things the way the world deals with them, on all of the avenues and resources that the world has established. And few of us are literally turning the pages of Scripture. I love the smell of my Bible. Man, a Bible with a good hand is just, its nothing like it on the, on the earth. Smelling the word of Yahuwah, being on your knees, anointing one another in oil, is a place of strength where the sons of thunder should be because it's the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of the earth and we are in the battle. I'm in it to win it. In it to win it. Now, Ezekiel informs us that Satan was perfect in the day that he was created. Ezekiel 28, 12 and verse 15. But that he became filled with pride. He became filled with pride. On the breastplate of the high priest, the Kohen Haggadah, there were 12 precious stones set in gold settings and mountains. But now... The King Jimmy makes you think that Satan was playing the bagpipe or he had some kind of tambourine or timbrels or pipes. That's how the King Jimmy translates the settings. But no, he wasn't playing the bagpipes. He wasn't playing the horn or the, you know, the percussion instruments as we've heard in religion. But no, he wasn't banging on some timbrels or tambourines. In the biblical Hebrew, these precious stones, these three precious stones that Halel did not have, they were set in settings and mountings. You're a goldsmith, you know of these things. Halel's office then was in fact found in Ezekiel 28 verse 14. You were the Moshiach Cherub Mesucha, the anointed cherub that covered. Satan Halel had an office. They were to be the covering Cherub, cherub. Not only that, But they were anointed as the Moshiach, the Messiah. That's some serious designation, isn't it? They, and I'm using my, um, of course, gender-neutral pronouns. We've got to use those today, don't we? Right? People are crazy. No, seriously, though. What are they doing? Because one minute they're a he, and then the next minute they're transitioning into a mind bomb what happened to our world what happened to our world you know how difficult it is to do federal paperwork when you have to assign gender and every I mean because nowadays I mean it's serious so I use my gender neutral pronouns the they and them theirs they had The anointing rubbed on them. So when Mel Gibson did his actual, the passion and and, and Halel Satan was androgynous, that that was actually based upon the biblical Hebrew. So he actually did hire biblical Hebrew experts and Aramaic experts to help him in that putting together of that film. So he just, just didn't decide just to get some woman and shave her head and make her Satan. No, this is coming from the Bible concept. They, them, and theirs. Halal. Transitioning. So ultimately, that's another sign that we are in the very last days. When you see all of this transitioning of the genders going on, the fluidity of the genders. Because the next thing is it's not only just going to be the fluidity of the genders, it's actually going to be then the fluidity of the genders with the tech. So not only will you not know is it a he or a she, it will be a they, but it will become an it because a quarter of the person will be a machine. And you, you, you think I'm joking? It's, it's right there. We see the technology. And then you have a cross species, which of course goes back to Satan, Helel, the violation of the laws of kilayim, the laws of natural mixing. Oh, we are, we are living in a wild age. And to miss out on this, because you're in the soulish realm and you can't get through it, oh my goodness, don't miss out on this. Don't miss out on the opportunities that are in front of us to be in the revelation of knowledge, the revelation stream of ascension and enlightenment. It's powerful. Otherwise, there's going to be deception and a degrading life awaiting for you. Be very careful. Now, on the Ark of the Covenant... There were how many cherubim? Two cherubim with wings that stretched out over the ark Or the mercy seat. Hailel was the anointed Mashiach that covered. Sakak. That means he was to enclose. He was to enthrone and protect the throne of Yahuwah. With a covering with their wings to protect Yahuwah's throne. So conversely. If you are trying to expose, dethrone and harm somebody, you have already fallen into the realm of Halel. Look at the politics today instead of working, building and creating people are trying to dethrone expose and harm if you do that you're a minion not a melek you're a minion not a melek I don't have time for minions it's kingdom mentality melek kingdom mentality Yahweh gave Halel a throne And where was that throne? It was on earth. Satan said, I will ascend to the heavens and establish my throne above the throne of Yahuwah. The throne of Satan was below the throne of Yahuwah. And they, Satan, were trying to ascend to an office which they were not entitled to hold. Stay in your measure. The measure that has been allotted to you stay in your measure don't cover another man's measure because the moment that you move outside of your measure and try and move into another man's measure you won't have a measure measure at all and now I said it you won't have a measure at all the throne of of Satan is below Yahuwah's throne. But Satan, Chelel rebelled and he became Satan, the adversary to man because there was Satan, that shining glory was chosen, yes, but he wasn't chosen to manifest, he was chosen to reflect and he chose another way. Satan is now the one that opposes man, not Yahweh. If we say that Satan is an opponent to Yahweh, then what we have established is a second God. And that's exactly what occultists believe. They believe that Satan is a second God, that he opposes Yahweh. Why would you want to have the mind of an occultist? He opposes you, he hasn't got an opportunity, a chance, if you ever believed in such a thing, which I don't, but he doesn't have an opportunity to oppose Yahuwah because Yahuwah has already defeated him. They truly think that Satan can oppose Yahuwah and have a fighting opportunity. No way. If you believe that, then unfortunately you have given too much territory to Satan in your mind, in your life, and in your belief system. He doesn't oppose Yahweh; he only opposes you. That's it. And if you give him the territory and let him capture your mind, it's really hard to get back out from the trap which has been sprung. And that is a hard lesson. A hard lesson. Halel is the opponent to man. Halel is the one who invented the office of a God. A God is someone who wants to rule over someone by exalting themselves over them and ruling over them. I of Job said in chapter 1 verse 6, And the dame came to be the sons of Elohim, came to present themselves before Yahuwah, and Satan also came among them. This, of course, is talking about the heavenly council. This here takes place after Satan, Helel's fall from their throne. Notice that even after Satan's rebellion against Yahuwah, Satan still has access to come before Yahuwah's throne. Because Yahuwah is not threatened. He's not an adversary to Yahuwah. And Yahweh said to Satan, from where do you come? And Satan answered Yahuwah and said, From diligently searching the whole earth and walking up and down and to and fro. You see, Halel, sa Satan here, established the facts for us that after their fall and rebellion, they had access to the throne of Yahuwah. Not only that. But they had access to all the earth, their former domain and kingdom. And Yahweh said to Esatan, have you considered my servant Job? And that there is none at all like him on the whole of the earth. He is a perfect and straight man. That's when we had straight men. He was a perfect and straight man. He wasn't a pufter. Okay? He was a perfect and straight man. One who fears Elohim and turns aside from evil. And Esaitan answered Yahuwah and said, Is Job fearing Elohim for naught? For nothing? You see, Helel does not act on their own. But is given permission from Yahuwah. Permission from Yahweh. So the question I have... Are you in it to win it? Are you in the battle? Are you accessing the heavenly realm in your life? Or is your thinking stinking? Are you accessing the heavenly realm in your life so you can comprehend even what I'm saying today and command the blessing and gain the victory? Or have you joined with the accuser of the brethren? Only you know that. Next week, I want to delve even deeper into this heavenly heavenly realm, excuse me, and the core of Yahuwah. But let me leave you with this. Let me leave you with this. Always remember how to distinguish if a trial is from Yahuwah or from Helel. Where did this trial in my life come from? Where did it come from? Did it come from Halel or did it come from Yahuwah? A trial from Yahuwah is to give you something. Not to take something away. A trial from Yahuwah is there to advance you. To add something of benefit to your life. That's why you remain joyful. That's why you remain joyful. Yahweh adds a trial to bring you into a fresh place and to give you a fresh anointing, passion and zeal to accomplish amazing things. Conversely, Halel removes from you. He takes from you. He leaves you disadvantaged and down. You feel like you've lost something. You feel that you're alone and that you don't have the light that you used to have. And emotionally, you're toast. Is it a test or have you succumbed to a trial from Halal? In the end days, many will depart because offenses abound. As for me and my house, we welcome the offenses to turn to the dark light to get a promotion to come into the tabernacle of Yahweh. And be anointed and appointed for the next season. To help even more people that we could never have helped before. And through all of this. I see that I have a purpose. To gather. And to heal. And now I can do it in a way that I could never have done it three months ago. And that through suffering and trials, that we can help others, is amazing to me. Truly rich to live this faith. And we all do it. But we have to be engaged and not react. Be proactive through word, discipleship, and prayer. So Father, we thank you for this time. We pray, Yahuwah, that you would truly anoint the words that came forth today and that Abba, they would touch not only the minds but the hearts of men and that Abba, that you would draw people into that dark light of your tabernacle as you said so clearly in the book of Vayikra Leviticus. We thank you so much in Yahushua's mighty name. Amen. Amen.